It's the Alexandra and Friends podcast, and we're covering the everyday issues of life, health, and wealth. And as always, we have a great panel of experts with us. Here is your host, Alexandra Fincher. Hey, everyone. This is Jose Gillian, the owner of All House Barbecue, located in Louisville and Carrollton. You can find us at allhousebbq.com, and we are the proud new sponsor of Alexandra and Friends. Come and see us. Good evening. Welcome to Alexander Friends 660. The so this show is brought to you every Saturday night by Miller Title, Roberto Perez. And our podcast is brought to you by Old House Barbecue, Mr. Joe Guillen. So if you're interested in having some good barbecue, stop in either Carrollton or Louisville and enjoy a big plate of barbecue. We're going to take just a second. We have a great evening this evening. We're going to talk about music. But in the meantime, let's listen to the Pledge of Allegiance brought to you by the Clark children. We'll be right back. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Was that not sweet? Was it the little girl this week? Yes, that was Josie. Oh, she's precious. Oh, she's darling. So we really appreciate her listening to our Pledge of Allegiance. It is very important to bring it to you every Saturday night. So this evening, uh, Courtney is in uh, California enjoying her holiday with her children. And Billy, I guess, is under a house doing some kind of inspection. What do you think? I guess you're right, because we're the only ones here. This is Michael Clark. I'm the producer. And usually I'm not on the microphone, but I'm one of the co-hosts this week. And I'm Alexandra Fincher, and I'm your host every Saturday night. Well, we have a very interesting evening tonight. We're going to talk about music. Okay. But before we do that, I want to thank very much for our couple that was here last week. Yes, Jacob and Louise Opoku. Thank you so much for being on and sharing your story about your journey, Im- immigration, your journey over here and your education in the United States. And uh, congratulations on everything that you have accomplished with your businesses. And those little stores are fabulous. I was there uh, at the Africa- African store on Beltline. Afribian? Yes. Yes. Yeah. I actually, Afribian Market. Yes. They're on uh, Beltline next to the Guatemalan Bakery, and right. they yeah, have extraordinary that. coffee. Uh, their coffee is a little bit different, but I, I had to stop by and visit with uh, the young men that were there. But they only sell the packages of coffee, yes, not, that is not fresh-made coffee. Not they're fresh-made. not a coffee yes. shop. They're not a coffee shop. They're a market. They're a grocery <laughs> store. A grocery store, yeah. And they were very busy when I was there so Saturday afternoon, so I really appreciate them very much. And they make... They're an asset to to the Carrollton area because we have a lot of people from the African community, which is very good. So mm-hmm. having said that, this uh, tonight we're going to really be about music. We're going to go back to when I was growing up with the Beatles and the most exciting part of our lives. Because I remember when my the Beatles were coming on board, my grandmother said that was not for young, young ladies. Right. It was something that just young ladies did not have to um to listen to, and I remember that we were very poor, and we would go to the television up at the at the market center. There was a furniture store in the corner of our house, and we would go and listen to the music. And my grandmother was just my grandmother and great grandmother was just having a fit to see just this young man jumping with the long hair and all the terrible stuff. So, but tonight we're going to go and do a little bit of memory of the uh, of the Beatles, and we have an amazing guest here. You want to bring us in, bring it in. Uh, no, I I just met him at the door. You met him he at the, I'm the door. door man. Well, there's a young lady here <laughs> you visiting with him. us tonight, and her name is um, what is your name, ma'am, that you're here visiting with us tonight? Paula McDonald. She's not on the microphone. <laughs> no, she's not on the microphone. Would you like to join us? <laughs> <laughs> well, she brought along Butch, Butch from yes. JPGR, 
Yes. Which is a not so subtle reference to the Beatles. Yeah, J-E-P-J-R. You know, my real name is Jefferson Perry. Jefferson so, Perry. And then since I play rhythm guitar, I like to say that JPGR stands for Jefferson Perry's Great Rhythm. But So it's not, it has nothing to do with Jefferson Airplane or Steve Perry? No, none of okay. those. Okay. <laughs> I've actually met Steve Perry, but no, we're not related. I'd have hit him up for a loan if we were any kind of kin. But, uh, <laughs> well, good evening, Butch. Thank you so evening. much for being here well, thank tonight. Thank you for having and me. I thank you for Paula to bring you along with you. And we're going to do a little, uh, a little um, go back on life a little bit and talk a little bit about you, your 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 Nice being here this evening and all your concerts that are coming up the next few days. So tell us a little bit about the band and about you and where are you from and how well, did you get here tonight? Well, well originally I am from Dallas, Texas, oh, of course. Not <laughs> Liverpool, Texas? Not uh, not Liverpool, oh, okay. Texas or London, Texas. Yeah. Uh, no, I, I was born and raised. I went to Brian Adams High School. Uh, so oh. a quick shout out to all my uh, Brian Adams uh, buddies out there and uh, uh, also to my Braniff, former Braniff co-workers. And a quick shout out, I've got to do this, uh, to my wife, Marlene, uh, my daughter, Jordan, my son, Cole, my granddaughter, Tessa, and my micro preemie grandson, Jay, who is uh, a little rough time, but he's, he's put, he's making it. He's a little three, about three months early. Wow. He was born, uh, he, they, uh, had to uh, deliver him on March 29th and his due date of all times was July 4th. Wow. Which is also my mother's birthday. Nice. So that would have been a nice present for her. But, yeah. But anyway, I, I uh, was born and raised in Dallas. Um, and um, as far as, you know, well, I, I, I'm here from California, but I always like to say I, I still live in Texas. I, I just reside in California. <laughs> you got a place out there. Yeah, I got a place I, I, I call place. Yes. Yeah. Um, and um, as far as uh, the band that I'm in, which, which seems to be the topic tonight, uh, it is called JPGR, a Beatles tribute. Of course, JPGR standing for John, Paul, George, and Ringo. Mm-hmm. It's actually been in existence for, I'm, I, I'm guessing, about 10 years. So I'm one of the newer members, and it's gone through you know various changes. And um, I m- met a guy named Glenn, uh, who, uh, Glenn Salter. He was the John Lennon of the band. And... You know, immediately you notice they don't try to look like the Beatles. We don't we don't try to look like them. We don't mm-hmm. do the costume changes. We don't do the you know the accents. We mm-hmm. don't do the, the the silly wigs. How about we, the instruments? Do you play similar instruments? Oh yes, I do have a, a Rickenbacker, okay. uh, a John Lennon type uh, Rickenbacker. If uh, for all you uh, guitar uh, experts out there, it's a C three twenty five sixty four. So you're not going for the look physically in your 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 personal features, but as far as the music goes, you kind of have to have the same kind of instruments We're going for the to sa- get the sound. We go for the sound, yes. Yeah. Our bass player has a Hofner bass, uh, mm-hmm. like Paul McCartney played, uh, yeah. the fiddle. Um, our uh, lead guitar player, he also has a uh, Rickenbacker 12-string, oh, a 360. Yeah. Beautiful. Uh, and I have the the uh, Rickenbacker John Lennon and uh, the drummer. We, we have the uh, silver Ludwig Mm-hmm. drums that uh that are similar to what a Ringo simple played. little setup just a simple little yeah. setup you know and not not a, not double bass drums and anything no yeah. we're, we're not we're not like one of those bands that brings in like a whole army of people behind mm-hmm. you that does all these sound effects we play the music right. that would uh, you know if the beatles were still touring let's yeah. say uh we play the way they they would they would sound we we can't always drag a keyboard with us so when we play certain songs that have a keyboard involved, we just uh, our, our lead guitar player just kind of tunes his guitar, gotcha. makes it sound 
kind of uh, like a Hammond organ. Uh, so, so, so we just try to recreate the sound as best we can, and uh, it seems to be working. We, and the, so the three, the three who aren't sitting down, uh, they sing? Yes, they do. Awesome. Uh, our bass player, um, uh, Moniz Ruiz, he is, he is the bass player. And uh, at one time, it's my understanding, uh, he actually won a uh, Paul McCartney sound alike contest. Oh, wow. And um, so that was pretty, that must have been pretty cool. This is before I joined the band. Mm-hmm. And our lead guitar player, Colin Carey, um, he is a, an, an unbelievable guitar player. Just unbelievable. He does George Harrison some better than George Harrison sometimes. He, he's really good. Uh, our drummer, who's uh, who's new to us, uh, his name is Blake Railing. Uh, he is really really good. I mean, he he plays as close to Ringo as you can possibly get. And of course, I I do John. You know, mm-hmm. and, and nobody can sound exactly like there are some. If you're blessed to have that voice, you can. Right. But um, I do my best to try to channel John. You know, when he right. When he does twist and shout, and when we do, uh, I see you're trying to kind of get into that mode right now. Uh, those are probably your normal spectacles, but they are circular. Well, yeah, like John wore. Well, they're 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 circular. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I they're actually replacement glasses. I I broke some, <laughs> uh, and uh, at the same time, I almost broke my face. I tripped over a oh no a water sprinkler and face planted on my driveway. <laughs> and, uh, oh wow! So I kind I of thought broke. you were going to tell me you pulled a Biden and fell off your bike. <laughs> Fell off a bike. No, I mean, no, if I was Biden, I wouldn't be here making any sense. That's very true. <laughs> very so, true. So. so I want to go back a little bit. We were stationed in London when in the 50s, 1957, 58, 59. And if I recall cor- correctly, my my mother was a Beatles. Uh, oh, she just loved the Beatles. Were they not called the Quarry? Quarrymen. The Quarrymen. Yes, and the then Quarrymen. They, yes, they I'm, actually, I'm actually very good, at, I guess, since they're British, I can say mates. Uh, to Rod Davis and Colin Hanton. Uh, they were two original Quarrymen members. It actually, well, they, they kind of came in later. The John Lennon put together a little skiffle band, you know, because Lonnie Donegan was really big in uh, England at the time. And uh, so they were all, the, they, they had their garage bands too. Mm-hmm. You know? But skiffle was the uh, the big music back then. Skiffle. Can you describe yeah. that for me? Uh, you need a washboard okay. and a T-chess bass. Yeah. So it's not like Klezmer. <laughs> Not like Zydeco. Can you spell that? <laughs> Skiffle, S-K-I-F-F-L-E. No, no, Skiffle. You said, oh, you said Klezmer. Or no. uh, Klezmer. Uh, oh, that's, Klezmer. That's the uh, the polka variety, the, the Jewish music. Yes. Oh, well, yeah, I never yeah. got into that. I'll have, yeah, to, yeah. I'll, I'll have to check into I that. I never got right? into the Skiffle. Uh, okay. Yes, so, oh, the Skiffle, Skiffle is, is uh, it's, uh, it's kind of wash. You have a washboard. A washboard, yeah. A T-chest a base, which is actually a T-chest with like a, a broomstick sticking out, and you put a okay. string on it, and you just bend it. Uh-huh. And um, John, he played guitar. His, his mother, Julia, uh, taught him to play guitar, but she taught him how to play it like a banjo. He only played the bottom... Four strings. Okay. And so he tuned his guitar like a banjo. Oh. And that's the way he learned to play guitar. And his other guitar player, uh, uh, Eric Griffith, uh, learned to play pretty much the same way. So when they played, when they went out and played these these gigs, uh, John was playing, you know, chords like a banjo. Mm-hmm. And um, Rod Davis, who was the banjo, he was told, uh, or rather, uh, Pete Shotton, who is, or was, John Lennon's very best friend. Uh, knew uh, Rod and told John about him and said, I know this banjo player. 
Only problem is he doesn't really know how to pay, play the banjo that well. <laughs> he says, "Well, he can." Le-, John says, "Well, he can learn." <laughs> so he learned some chords. So here came um, Rod Davis. He's he's uh, he became their banjo player, and then Colin was um, kind of came in later. He actually worked for an upholstery company, uh, but he was John was told about him, and uh, drummers were hard to find back then. Yeah, you know, usually the the beat was kept by the guy that. Uh, played the uh, washboard so okay in uh in true bluegrass style no drummer exactly yeah yeah but john wanted his band to be more you know he wanted to kind of evolve you know more into rock and roll gotcha and uh, so they got uh, colin hanton and there is a very very famous photo uh that you, you can you can actually google it and find it if you the quarryman and it's got john uh, on a sta- they're on an outdoor stage. They were mm-hmm. at a uh, a fate. They were playing at a church fate, mm-hmm. and it was July sixth, nineteen fifty seven. Mm-hmm. And uh, John Lennon and his band was playing there. And this photo was taken by a guy named Jeffrey Rind. And uh, it's got John standing on stage. It's got Eric Griffith off to the side. It's got Colin in the back. It's got Rod standing behind him. It's got well everybody. Uh, it's got Pete Shotton. Mm-hmm. It's got Lynn Gary who was playing the T chess bass. Okay. And this picture was taken on 6th July, 1957. Paul McCartney was there and watched it. He watched he it. He did not know who John was, but ah. a mutual friend of John and Paul's named Ivan Vaughn. He was a neighbor of sorts of John Lennon, and he was a schoolmate of Paul McCartney. So he knew both of them. Wow. He knew that John was in a band, mm-hmm. and he knew that Paul loved playing guitar, so he wanted to arrange a meeting. So he invited Paul to go with him that day on 6th July, 57. This is so very fascinating. We need to take a break right now. I have to admit ignorance to anything before uh, Pete Best and the Beatles playing in in Germany. Uh, So uh, I'm very uh, enthralled by this story right here. This show is brought to you by Miller Title, Roberto Perez, every Saturday night at 10 p.m. When you're not listening to our show or you missed it, you can go back to our podcast and Listen to any, either Alexander and Friends 660, The Answer, or you could go to any of our social media and listen to Alexander. That's right. You can also go to Google or a Bing or Spot. whatever you use, uh, the Apple Siri. Just ask Siri to find the podcast for Alexander and Friends. It's on everything. And we, say, we have 100 podcasts on our um, 660, The Answer. We have 100 podcasts now? Yes. Wow. We're so excited. And How did we get there? I don't know. We just, every Saturday night, oh we're gosh. here. <laughs> Wonderful. Well, I want to go back to Butch for just a second. Butch, Butch Perry. Butch Perry. I'm going to call him Beetle Har- Harrison. So. No. <laughs> and Harrison? He's, he's with the band JPGR, JPGR, a Beatles tribute. Just, I want to go back a little bit to your family for just a second. So you grew up, you grew up in uh, in the Texas area. I grew up in Dallas. In Dallas. Yes, yes ma'am. And you work for Braniff also? I used to work for Braniff, yes. I Very work. good. So does Paula McDonald. She's just a one of, she's also flight attendant for Braniff was there. Yeah, she was, but we didn't know each other. At the you time. didn't know each other. No, so how did you get to meet each other? That's the interesting point because now I feel like your brother and sister. And well, Paula McDonald, she's the manager of the band, right? She's the manager of the band and my dearest friend. And she used to be a flight attendant for Brennan and I used to be with American Airlines. So. And remind me, the original Beatles manager was the original. If well, you want to, if you want to get the, absolutely original, okay. How about the, the most famous? Mona Best? Okay, Pete's Mona mother. Best. Pete's mother. Okay. How about but how about the famous one that brought him to America? Brian Epstein. Epstein. That's it. See, yes. I knew he was Jewish. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> so you are married. Yes, correct? ma'am. And you have children. I do. I have two children. Grandchildren. I have two grandchildren. Uh, Tessa, who's 
two two and some change and a grandson as I think I mentioned before he's yes. a, he's a preemie he mm-hmm. was due July 4th but he was born March 29th and uh, Oh wow. He he's he's a scrapper. He's But he's he, he's, he's in good health, right? He, he was he weighed oh, I think he was like 380 grams. Oh my oh, goodness. And now he's wow. he's up to 3 pounds. So he's he's fight, he's fighting pretty hard. He is fighting good. and he's, he's getting he's, there he's, he's very get, he's good. getting better. He's getting better. So you officially live in California but you're from Texas, correct? I am from Texas, yes. Dallas. Yes. And what do you do? Professional What is your profession doing? Well, I am a substitute teacher. Very good. Thank I am you. a club soccer referee, so I get paid to really? be the worst referee we've ever seen. You know <laughs> oh, and uh, the, and I'm a musician. And you're so. and you're also a veteran. You served in I, the military. Yes, yes, very ma'am. good. I, I well, served. thank you for your service. You're very welcome. Thank ma'am. you. It was an honor. Well, thank you. So, how did you get into the music world? That's what I want to know. Well, I was always, you know, we I grew up with music. There was always a radio on. And you know, in the fifties and sixties, you know, it was mm-hmm. you know the the doo wop, you know, and, and all that. And so I was always interested in music. I I, I didn't know how to play an instrument. Um, my parents tried to give me guitar lessons, but I I don't know that I did all that well. <laughs> you know, I think I learned "Down in the Valley" was like the first song I learned to play. I think I knew, and that's only like three chords, I think. Um, but w- I have to be honest. When the Beatles, you know, when I saw them on uh, the Ed Sullivan Show on uh, February 9th, 1964. Yes. It, it just clicked. And, you know, I was like one of those, I've just got to get into a band. I got to learn how to play guitar. But I actually started out playing drums and I was in a band uh, called the uh, Five in One. Five in One. Five in One. And I was the drummer. And uh, so I, I, I cut my teeth in music actually in, uh, on the drums. And But I decided I wanted to to learn guitar. I wanted, I wanted to play. So I got books, you know, that showed you how to make chords and, sure, just, yeah. and then, you know, I, I just learned, I learned to play, you know, and well, I, you I obviously learned, didn't learn to play from watching the Ed Sullivan show because you couldn't even hear the music. No, you, <laughs> yeah, really. That was, uh, I went and saw a hard day's night and couldn't hear them. And then the girls were throwing jelly beans at the screen. Oh my no. gosh. It was crazy. It was, uh, it was just insane an insane time. And I've always said, uh, that, if you took away the music from the '60s, all you were left with were was Vietnam mm-hmm. and yeah. and and protests. That that's all you. That's all we would have had. Mm-hmm. And so the Beatles kind of came in, and they were like the Babe Ruth, you know, of of music. You know, they Babe Ruth is said that he saved baseball, and uh, the Beatles came in, and um, it, you know, every every garage in America had a band. You know, right. everybody was you know, and I was one of them. Yeah. And so I got into another band and I was playing uh, the guitar and, um, that, you know, so I was learning to play and learning to sing. We didn't do all Beatles songs, but, um, but it, it, it got me into learning chords, learning. To what sing. kind of guitar did you learn on? Uh, I think it was called a harmony. Yeah. It was electric, electric guitar it was a harmony. Okay, I had, electric. had a little, had a little, uh, amplifier, uh-huh. you know, and I would, you know, I was, I was trying to make it make noises. <laughs> You know, uh-huh. I put the guitar up to it, see what kind of noises I can make it make. Make the guitar up to the amplifier you know, like, to get the you like sounds. Like stuff. I feel fine. You know how it starts out with the boom, yeah. You know, sure. so I was trying to do that, and it uh-huh. never sounded quite the same. It sounded more like just you know a bunch of cats fighting or something. <laughs> right. I think Peter Frampton was trying to do something with noises like that with his guitar too. Well, no, actually, yeah, I don't, I don't know what it's called, but it's something that uh, you put on the. Uh, oh, he had the microphone. He had the and, microphone and, attachment too, but and he, I put, was, yeah. he put it in his mouth. Right. Yeah, but I was talking about the uh, the. Other other noises on his on his albums and his band's albums, oh, yeah. the, like the guitar uh, 
feedback and stuff like that. Oh yeah. Well, the the guitar and the sound has evolved mm-hmm. amazingly. You know, it started out, you know, with these acoustic guitars and suddenly, you know, you get electric guitars and uh, you get all these devices that can make these guitars do just about anything now. Right. And uh, so the guitar and the sound has evolved incredibly. It certainly has. So that was your first electric guitar. That was my first electric guitar. Yes. Awesome. I have no idea where it is. I have no idea where it went. <laughs> yeah. Time. But, but that was what you were playing in your first band. That's what I played in my first. Well, that was my, my second band. I played guitar. My first band, I played drums. Right, right. Yes, that's right. So you, you do drums and you do guitar and you sing fabulous. Well, Thank you. <laughs> that's, a, that's a matter of opinion, but I, I do try. I, I, I will well, say I do try. I can, I can carry a tune. Well, we've listened to you. So tell us a little bit more. How did you get involved in the, with the Beatles music and what was your passion? Because you seem very passionate about well, it. Well, I am very passionate about it. I, 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 want, I would always like the idea of being in a Beatles band, but I knew I didn't look like any of them. You know, and the big thing, you know, was the, you know, Beatlemania, the Fab mm-hmm. Four, you know, and all these, these bands where they, mm-hmm. you know, they go out and have these nationwide auditions where right. everybody has to, you know, you have to look like Paul, you have to look like John, you have to look like Ringo. And everybody sold out of Nehru jackets. Yeah, exactly. You have to wear a <laughs> Nehru jacket, um, you know, and you have to talk with the, you know, the accent and, you know, all that. And so, um, but the way it actually started was kind of interesting. Um, my, uh, my wife went to a party that I couldn't attend because I was busy. I was actually refing that day. Ah. So uh, my wife went to this party, and when she came home, she goes, you'd have really liked this band that was playing there. They were a Beatles band. And I'm like, oh, wow. I kind of wish I'd, I'd been able to be there. I said, do you think that, um, you know, do you think there's anybody in that band that might know someone that might be looking for somebody uh, to start another band with? You know, because I, I, that, that kind of piqued my interest. Like, well, maybe I, I, I would like to get into a band. Mm-hmm. I hadn't really given it too much serious thought but i thought okay now <clears throat> might be the time so uh, i got the number of this guy and i called him and we chatted a while and uh we decided that you know why don't we get together you know he, he could tell i was serious and i and i knew he was already in that band and it was called jpgr mm-hmm. you know it was, the, it was the same band mm-hmm. and um so we decided he, w- he was going to come over to my house and bring some his guitar and his amp and some equipment, and we would just sing and see what we had. And so we would, uh, he came over, and uh, as soon as he got out of his car, I recognized him because we both worked out at the same gym. No way. Yeah, he had a, <laughs> he had one of those Rod Stewart-type haircuts. Uh-huh. And, you know, and I, I just said, I, I, every time I looked at the guy at the gym, I went, oh, he's got to be in a band. He's got to so, be a Rod. Rod Stewart, 1993, with the yeah, yeah. Well, hair. Well, no, not exactly. No? <laughs> yeah, I never asked him where he got it. Was, it was more like a weed eater cut. With okay. hair kind of <laughs> yeah. uh-huh. stood up, but it, was, but it looked good. Yeah. <laughs> he, carried, he, he, he made it work. Gotcha. It looked good. It wouldn't work on me, but, uh, uh-huh. but he, you know, he had white hair, you know, and he, it, it, it was a, it was a good look. And then when we saw each other, we went, oh my gosh, yeah, I know you. We, we work out at the gym. How we, about that? We nodded each other once in a while, but we never talked. Well, we realized that we could harmonize and we could play. And oh. he knew, and what we did, we played Beatles because mm-hmm. that's what he, we, we wanted to work on. So we did a few songs and he saw, heard that I could harmonize and I could carry, you know, a tune and we could, we worked together pretty well. And, uh, so and this was in 2018, and uh, his band, the JPR the JPGR back then, was playing at a uh, a church festival. Mm-hmm. And he asked me if I wanted to come out and, and set in, do a couple of songs. I could take his place. 
I said, sure. So, uh, so we decided on two songs. We just, we decided on help. And yeah. I, of course that's a John Lennon. So I sure. took lead on that. And then we did the night before. So I did, you know, John's background harmony on that. And, um, so I got up there and, uh, and it, it came off, I guess it came off pretty well because you, you, I could, I was playing his guitar, which he has a guitar like I have, you know, the, the John Lennon type, uh, right. uh, Rickenbacker. And so I'm, and I'm, I'm noticing the people are applauding and they're dancing and they're hooting. And I'm like, wow, I kind of like this. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. This is, this is kind of, this is, this, this is good. This, 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 this is something I think I'd like to do. Uh-huh. So, um, after it was all over, he and I decided that we were going to try to start another band, not a Beatles band, but we play, we would play Beatles music, but other songs, you know, Tom Petty, the cars, you know, sure. um, the birds, you know, you know, just a different band, but since we realized we could sing together and harmonize. So we tried putting together a band and we had a little bit of a thing going, but he ended up moving. He announced that he was moving to North Carolina. Mm. And I said, well, Glenn, what's going to happen to, uh, what's going to happen to the Beatles? Right. He goes, I don't know. (laughs) I said, I'm, uh, he said, uh, so he gave me the number of Alex. Well, okay. I said his name was Moniz. He, his name is also Alex Ruiz, but Moniz is his nickname. So out of respect, that's, mm-hmm. that's, that's what I call him. But I was introduced to him as Alex, but uh, we call him Moniz. Uh, so uh, I got a hold of him and he said, yeah, okay, why don't you come over to my house and bring your guitar? And so I just brought an acoustic because mm-hmm. I didn't have all the, I didn't have the John Lennon guitars back then. You know, this, oh, okay. I just had an acoustic guitar that I was, I didn't uh-huh. even have an electric guitar. So I went over to his house and he said, well, just, we'll just for about an hour, we'll just, kick around, see what yeah. we got. <clears throat> so we started playing some songs and, um, I was harmonizing to his, to him and we realized, okay, yeah, this sounds pretty good. Yeah. He liked my voice. I liked his. Um, but that one hour turned into about three yeah. and then four. And, uh, so he and his wife said, well, you want to, you want to, you want to eat? We got some pizza. Sure. So, so, <laughs> yeah. So I was, that one hour turned into a four hour audition. How about wow. that? So when I left, he said, uh, cause I'm going to, he said, I'm going to, uh, send you 50 songs. I said, okay. Wow. So he sent me those 50 songs. He said, we're going to get together. We'll get together in a couple of weeks. Mm -hmm. So I got the songs and I actually knew how to play most of them already. Okay. About the ones I didn't, I learned they were pretty easy. You know, the Beatles are are complicated. They're not like your typical three chords, you know, yeah. Rhythm and blues progression. I mean, they're, they're all, you'll find out some of their songs are just all over the neck. Their, they are. their chords are just all over the place. So I did learn, you know, those songs and I went back to his place. And after about three hours, I looked at him. I said, I got a question. Am I still auditioning? Right. <laughs> he goes, oh, no, you're in the band. You're I'll, in the band. <laughs> I'll, I'll get you. I got a t-shirt for you. <clears throat> so I was officially in the band. Wonderful. And we need to pause right there for a commercial break. And this is Alexandra and Friends. My name is Michael and Clark. I'm sorry. This is Alexandra and Friends. My name is Michael Clark. Alexandra Fincher is sitting right next to me. And our guest is Butch Perry. He's from the band JPGR, the Beatles tribute. And where can they hear your stuff online? Uh, you can Google us. We, we played last year uh, at, in November at the Switchyard Festival in uh, downtown Carrollton and uh, we were the opening band and uh, somebody seemed to like us enough. They, they put us on YouTube. So okay. if you go to JPGR uh, switchyard festival, 2021, there are a few, uh, a few uh, songs uh, to listen to. Yeah. yeah. A okay. few songs. Yeah. A few videos. Okay, great. 
My name is Michael Clark, and I am co-hosting with Alexandra today. She's sitting right next to me. Alexandra. Hello. How are you? Welcome uh, our Beatles tribute tonight. This is yeah. going to be an amazing. It kind of takes me back to high school and my grandma's and, and my dates and all the dancing I used to do. Wow. I can't believe it. Let's start over. Let's listen to the music. Right. I love, I love the Beatles. Isn't it wonderful? And, you know, <gasps> uh, we were talking about JPGR, a Beatles tribute band, and that is actually their website. If you go out to jpgrabeatlestributeband.com, you can uh, get in contact with them. And we have Butch Perry, who is the J in JPGR. (laughs) He is uh, telling us about how he got into the band. We just finished the last segment. He finished up telling us how he got into the band. He became a member. And where did we go from here? I think he was dancing, correct? Oh, yes. Well, no, he wasn't dancing. Oh. That was, that was a different story in between the oh, segments. Oh, okay. Just want to... <laughs> that, that was the Ron Chapman story. That was the Ron Chapman story. <laughs> we were talking a little bit about Ron Chapman. Yeah. My favorite, favorite guy. That's cool. Just brings memories. Oh, I think yeah. That's, I think tonight is all about memories. I think that's what we're doing. And, that's what life is about. And also that um, they are going to be playing for one of our fundraisers also. So we're excited that uh, he's here with us tonight. Yeah. Well, thank you. It's an honor to be here. Oh, gosh. Thank you. You're making me think of all the my parents and school and my boyfriend from Vietnam. Oh, my God. What a great memory. <laughs> wow. So, yeah. So let's keep the conversation going. Let's talk a little bit more. So you, you got into the band and you started your working with, with your own bands. And tell us a little bit about how more about how you became more involved. With, you, you know so much about the Beatles that I feel like you were part of them. <laughs> I'm not as much a part as you think. I mean, I I did meet George Harrison one time. Oh, he was with Tom Petty, but that's that's a whole nother story. As far as getting into the band, yeah, I was I was now officially a member of the band. We, we were talking about Paula and how she became a friend of the family's. Uh, it, it was through uh, uh, the Braniff site, and my sister was also a flight attendant, so she was part of that site. And it was actually Paula and my sister who became friends, and my mother. Uh, you may, my mother made the news in 2019. She's the purple haired lady that celebrated her 90th birthday skydiving out of a plane. Oh my gosh. Wow. Wow. It, it was on, it was on television. It w- was on, I remember that. WFAA, yes. uh, uh, Sean Giggins. Sean Giggins. Yeah. Yes. He was oh my one, gosh. He I came over to the that. house. He came over to the house and interviewed her and Amazing. she had, the, she was known for this big purple, purple spot, spot. And, you know, and, um, How so about that, yeah, it was oh so, uh, my gosh. But anyway, uh, she vowed that she was going to jump again on her 95th birthday. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, um, you know, as, as things happen, as you get older, um, she had a fall and mm-hmm. fractured her hip. Uh, she had a, a, a stroke. Um, so anyway, we were think- wanting to uh, put her in a, a rehab center. Well, as, as it turned out, Paula's mother was in a rehab center, and she told my sister about this, this place. Okay. And... Lo and behold, that's where they ended up moving my mother. So my mother and Paula's mother became uh, not roommates. They didn't, you know, they right. didn't share the same room, but they shared the same facility. And uh, so that's how, you know, the story of, you know, Paula kind of came to be part of our family. She, my mom just took to her. My sister took to her. Of course, well, you, know, you she, cannot, you cannot avoid taking. And her. she's definitely like a sister. She's like, she's like that other sister to me. And uh, we, we, we love her as such. But anyway, she told me about. She goes, have, have you guys ever thought about maybe coming to Texas? And I go, not really. You know, we're in California. <laughs> and I never thought about packing our stuff and just driving to Texas. Uh, but she talked about this uh, this festival, the Switchyard Festival. Okay. Which is very big in Carrollton. Very, <clears throat> so very big. I came out and I spoke to the Switchyard people and uh, I had no 
video. I had no, you know, I just somehow I sold myself and sold my band. So now we're going to be the opening band for the Switchyard Festival. And uh, then through that, we got another gig at Three Nations Brewery. And then we played at the American Legion all in that one weekend. Awesome. And so that kind of springboarded us into the Texas the Texas scene from California because uh, we, uh, I guess we did a pretty good job because they all wanted us back. And, uh, but this trip, Sunday, we're going to be playing again at the uh, Three Nations. Uh, it's for a fundraiser. So. Actually, it's for our former guest, Carolyn Benavides from Joe's Pizza for oh, her, yeah. um, for her um, kitchen, for her soup kitchen for November for serving the homeless. Okay. She was our guest here. Remember? Yeah, I remember yeah, her. She's an amazing yeah. woman. Yeah, we're very, yes. we're very honored to have very, been Very, been very much there. so. Carolyn Benavides is an amazing woman and has right. a... Just her service to the community is, is fabulous. Oh, it's an honor. And she to was be on invited. our show. She was one of our very beginnings. She was, yeah. The yes, very yes, first. yes. And we actually volunteered. A lot, a lot of us were there for the uh, for that event of the Thanksgiving. Well, thank you so much for doing that. I, right. I hope we have a great turnout. Well, I hope we do too. So, keep telling us a little bit. Uh, tell us a little bit about how I understand you got to meet one of the um, Beatles. And yes, I met George Harrison. Uh, this was in nineteen. 19- what did you think about him? Oh, that's an interesting story. I tell you, <laughs> um, I was working security at Spago's. I was called by a friend and said, hey, how would you like to make an X, X number of dollars? And I sure. said, oh, sure. He goes, that's for a few hours. Uh, it's, uh, it's a post-American Music Awards at party at Spago's, which is a huge mm-hmm. venue, you know, a very famous uh, eatery in, uh, in Los Angeles. Right. And uh, I said, sure, I'll be glad to. And uh, strangely enough, we we were all kind of given somebody that if they showed up, kind of keep an eye on him. Well, I was supposed to kind of keep an eye on Cher if <laughs> really? she showed if she showed up. Wow. Oh my gosh! But she didn't show up, so okay. I was kind of like being I was able to freelance it and just uh-huh. walk around, you know. And I met Dick Clark, Stephen Stills, Randy Travis. I I met you know there were a lot of celebs there. Wow! Wow! Yeah. Amazing. So I was standing talking to one of the the security guards, and this massive wave of people ran past us. Uh-huh. And we thought, uh oh, something's amiss here. Shares here. Yeah, Cher, Cher showed up, yes. <laughs> and, I, and here I am, I'm supposed to be with her. So we ran over to where these this mass of people were running, and we get there, and it's George Harrison and Tom Petty. Wow. Oh, walking in together. How about that? And I will never forget the first thing I heard George Harrison say. He he looked around and went, oh, what an auspicious occasion. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm having a brain fart right there. I'm going, auspicious. What does that mean? Does he think it's too loud? Is it too crowded? Is he hungry? Does he have to go to the bathroom? What does that word mean? Oh, my God. And I remember thinking, my God, he sounds just like George Harrison. I mean, I know it's George, but I didn't think he really sounded like that. You know, I thought that was just a voice he had for movies and records. But he, yeah, but he yeah. really sounded so it was just so cool to hear his voice. So anyway, there's this mass of people around him and, and Tom. So uh, me and the other security guard, we looked at each other and thought, well, you know, it's our job. We have to get these people away from him. So we mm-hmm. worked away. Okay, come on, folks, back away, back away. Uh, so I got right up next to him, right up in front of him. And I glanced over mm-hmm. and I made eye contact with Tom Petty. Mm-hmm. And I'll never forget, Tom Petty looked at me and he kind of gave me a little shrug like, it's George Harrison, what'd you expect? Right. So I was able to get right there in front of him and... Uh, I can't remember exactly how the conversation started, but it was a, you know, uh, but I was able to thank George. You know, I said, you know, I said, Mr. Harrison, all I can say is thank you. I said, you, you, your music basically raised me. I was 13 years old 
when you came to American 64. And then I was, you took me all the way into the army. So all I can say is thank you. And he looked me dead in the eye and held out his hand and said, no, thank you. And, he, and I shook hands. So if anybody wants to touch my right hand here, that actually uh, So he's very gracious. Oh, he was extremely gracious. Wonderful. But, you know, we couldn't just hang around. Yeah, and, it wasn't the um, setting for that. Uh, no, it wasn't the setting. So, And I plus I had to go, you know, we had to wander around, make sure everything, you know, stayed, mm-hmm. stayed, you know, stayed healthy and tidy. So, uh, but it was just such, it was just unbelievable to meet. You know, you meet celebrities, and I've met a lot of celebrities, but to meet a legend, mm-hmm. that's a whole thats a whole other world. Absolutely. When you meet a legend like that, and, you know, of course, your, your first instinct is you just want to sit down and talk to the guy and take all this time, yeah. you know, and ask him all these stupid questions exactly. he's been asked a million times. Yeah. And um, and being in radio, I know exactly what you mean. These Those guys, uh, I mean, legendary status like George Harrison. You know, I've seen a few, but it, that doesn't happen all the time. But there are celebrities that I just get a little goo-goo-eyed over, I guess, sometimes yeah. when they come through the radio station. And I'm like, was that really just them? Yeah. yeah so I know it, what you mean. Yeah, you're like, you know, he's not supposed to be here. He's supposed to be someplace else. He, you know, he, he can't. There, there's got to be another George Harrison, you know, right. taking his place. So but with your band, how far into the Beatles repertoire do you go and do you go outward from there and do songs that paul mccartney did by himself or anything like no, that we pretty much stick to uh the beatles just and, the fab uh, four stuff uh, yeah well the fab four the beatles fab four um, yes you know once again we we don't uh have the the multitude of people behind us working the controls you know doing mm-hmm. all the special effect sounds you know for sergeant pepper oh right yeah. uh if we did a sergeant pepper song it would be how the beatles might do it if they just had four uh, three guitars and a bass right you were you, or, you'd or be making three, the sounds yourself and, on and drums on, right on the microphone you'd just go blub 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 right some sound um, effects. you know when we when we play i feel fine we can't do the boom yeah right know? so we just sure. we just hit the a and then we play uh, but we play a lot of their earlier stuff. Uh, we get into, uh, you know, uh, we, we, we play songs that actually were on their anthology and not on any album that they released. Re- well, we play Real Love, but that was on that was released in 95. Uh, but we, we do that. We, we just play some songs that um, To Know Her Is To Love Her. Yeah. Uh, we do that one. Um, that's not a song you'll find on any of their albums, but you'll find it on their anthology. And they also played it. Uh, live on the B- BBC. Right. So it is a song they recorded. So uh, this is going to date me a little bit, but I was a teenager when I bought the anthology album. <laughs> really? Yeah. Yes. That, that does date you. <laughs> I'm not familiar with the anthology. It's a CD collection that came out in the mid-90s. It has a lot of their outtakes and some of the first versions of songs they did. Okay. Uh, not the not the versions that we, that we learned uh, and loved when they recorded them and released them. Uh, but they have songs where they have outtakes and, and, you know, when they were working the songs, putting them together, Put them together, different okay. verses, different guitar parts, uh, you know, and, yep. you know, a lot of the songs that. Uh, and it's still very cool and very oh, fun to is. listen to. Oh, I it mean, is. Yeah, oh, it is. Very listenable. Right. So I understand that you have written a uh, a story or a book. Or I wrote a screenplay. A screenplay. Yes, wow. Ma'am. Yes, ma'am. So you're going to tell us a little bit about that oh, and on what, the next segment. On this, well, right. So we're going to come back to the next next segment, and we're going to need uh, to find out if we can find a producer for him on that for this movie he wants to produce. Oh, I think we know some people. I think we know some people too. We're having an amazing evening with Butch with the Beatles, the JPGR Beatles, Beatles tribute Beatles band. tribute band. 
which I'm looking forward to listening at the... Um, well, you'd asked earlier where all we're playing. We're playing well, Sunday is the Sunday. Benef- is the benefit for the for, for the, Joe's Pizza. Joe's Pizza. Okay, and for then her. We're, uh, and then we're playing Wednesday, uh, the 29th. We're playing for the fundraiser for Judge Faith Johnson. Judge Faith Johnson. Yes, we're looking and forward then, to that one. And then on Friday night, the July 1st, we're playing at the Lone Star Roadhouse in Dallas, off of wow. Northwest Highway. And then on Saturday, our final gig, we're playing in Grapevine at Harvest Hall. At uh, the hotel. What is the name of that hotel? The Venn Hotel. That sounds like it's indoors. Yeah, it's an indoors. I could do an indoor air-conditioned location. Oh, yeah. come on, Michael. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, yeah, and so so we, we invite everybody to come out and see us. Uh, we we um, we'll definitely want everybody to come on and listen to you. Tell us a little bit. I understand you have a um, film that you want to uh, talk about a little bit, and maybe we can find somebody to uh, be a producer. Well, well, a film to be. Well, it's very interesting how this all started. Is it know? about the Beatles? It is about the Beatles. Wow. It's, it's about, it, well, actually, it's about the Quarrymen. Uh, and it's about how the Quorumman evolved into the Beatles. the Beatles. And I had this idea uh, because I had read that this uh, Ivan Vaughn, I think I mentioned him earlier, he, he introduced John and Paul. Uh, so I thought, you know, that could be the catalyst. You know, how did the Beatles, how did John and Paul meet? Well, they met through right. uh, a, 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 a mutual mate. And how'd they there. come up with the name the Quarrymen? Uh, okay. John wanted to start a, a skiffle band. Mm-hmm. And I think, I think we touched on this. We earlier. Did. Yep. He wanted to start a skiffle band. He went to quarry bank high school. Oh, okay. And originally the very first name that they had was the black jacks. Ah. That lasted about a gig. Uh-huh. <laughs> that was it. And so John suggested the quarrymen because of the quarry bank high school where he went. So interesting. And, uh, so this screenplay is about how the quarrymen met, how John Lennon put together the quarrymen. Uh, I also touch on how John's parents met. I touch on how Paul's parents met, how Paul met George Harrison. George Harrison was introduced to John by Paul and how they found Ringo. It's all, it's all there. Uh, but John uh, wanted to put together this, this band. And so he did. And, um, when, when did Ringo join? It was like, what, late, late 63? Or? Late 62. Late 62? Yeah, 62. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was a drummer for the Rory, Rory Storm and the Hurricanes. That sounds vaguely familiar. Yeah, and okay. he was the drummer. He was a he was a, a big, well-known drummer. He was a very good drummer. And mm-hmm. so uh, their drummer at the time was Pete Best. Right. Well, first it was Colin. Colin Hanton, Colin with Hanton. the with the quarryman, but uh, and he was playing as, washboard. He, no, no, Colin played the drums. <laughs> he played the drums, Pete, actual Pete, drums. Pete Shotton played the the washboard. Okay, and uh, so Colin was playing the drums, and they played a gig. It, George Harrison's father was uh, worked for the post office, and so they had this big party, this big get together, and so the quarryman played. So it was Colin Hanton. Colin Hanton was the first drummer ever to share the stage only with John, Paul, and George. Before they were the Beatles, wow! Were, before Paul even played bass, okay. it was just guitar. He just played a left-handed guitar, uh-huh. and so um, he um, they played a, a few songs, and uh, they were having trouble. This is this comes straight from Colin. And what what venue was this again? This was, it was in it was in Liverpool. It was a um, a get together, uh, kind of a a, a party. Okay, that just George Harrison's company. It was okay. company party. Of sorts. Gotcha. And this comes straight from Colin. You won't find this in print. It's not written in any book. Okay. This came straight from Colin's mouth. Uh, he <laughs> called it, a, as he called it, a bloody disaster. Really? Uh, they were asked to play 
at this function. And so they did. Well, they finished their set, and they thought they were going to supposed to play one set. Uh-huh. And then they were going to have speakers, and it was all going to be you know about the postman or sure. the, the letter carriers or what have you. Mm-hmm. And uh, so they, um, they finished their set, but for some reason they couldn't get the curtain closed. So the manager came out and said, hey, mate, guys, can you play one, one more song while we try to get the, yeah. the song? And there's a pint for you okay. backstage Yeah, yeah. if you'll do that. And you go, oh, for a pint. Yeah, of course. <laughs> so they sang one more song, and thinking that was it, they went back and had more than a pint. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they got that. And in England, it, it, it pissed means yes. drunk. Yes. You know, here it means just angry. Angry. But there, right. It means, you know, so they all got rather pissed, except George Harrison. George Harrison was too young and his parents were there. Oh, well, yeah. So he drank tea. Okay. But Colin, John and Paul got pretty drunk. (laughs) Wow. Pretty pissed. Okay. So the manager comes back and goes, okay, guys, you ready for your second set? And they're like, what? (laughs) Second set. What? And Colin was on, he was dancing on a, he even sang to me, he was singing, don't rock me, daddy-o. He says, I got up on the Da- on the table and started dancing, singing, Don't Rock Me, Daddy. Oh, oh don't. My God. Wow. I'm like, Oh, my. And I'm thinking, Oh, my God, I got a quarryman singing to me here. That's pretty cool. <laughs> so, anyway, they went back on stage, and it was this is where Collins calls it a bloody disaster. John could, couldn't even find it, couldn't get his guitar on. Everybody was out of, out of t- sync. Uh, Colin, I said, Well, did I asked Colin, I said, Well, did you say anything? And he says, Yeah. Uh, John turned to Colin and said, Colin, no, I t- he said he turned to John and said, what are we doing? And John started laughing and says, oh, even Colin doesn't know what we're doing. So it was just a mess. So they played and they were, they were drunk. Terrible. So anyway, after they all left, they all, uh, John, Paul and Colin and Pete, uh, Pete Shotton was there with, okay. with George's parents. Well, they all got on a bus. George went home with his parents. So the four of them got on a bus. It was Pete Shotton, John Lennon, Paul McCartney, and Colin Hanton. Well, Paul started making some sounds with his voice that Colin didn't like. Oh, oh. really? So he told Paul, he got up in Paul's face and said, stop making those stupid voices. Wow. And it was like, oh, wow. So John and Paul were like looking at each other, and Colin was like ready to you know, throw down with Paul. Uh-huh. Well, Pete Shotton decided he was going to s- stop it. So what he did was the very next stop the bus made. He goes, hey, Colin, here's your stop, mate. I'll help you get your, your drums down. So they oh went God. down off the bus, and uh, when the bus took off, Colin looked around and said, this isn't my stop. And uh, wow. Pete Shotton says, it is now. <laughs> wow. So that was the end. Uh, Colin, <laughs> that was the end of Colin. That's- and um, then Colin said that he ran into John sometime later and said they had a drummer named Pete. So there's Pete Best. Wow. They'd had other drummers, uh, Tommy Davis, uh, but Pete Best, uh, his mother, Pete Best's mother owned the Casbah. It was a, it was a, she owned this big house and, and the Casbah was, a, was a, like in the, the basement. And uh, she told the Beatles that they could play there. They, cha- they, by this time, they had changed their name to the Beatles. Pete Best was now the drummer. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, so that was basically the start of the Beatles, and then uh, Ringo went on to, to take off. Uh, so is that part, uh, it's part? Oh, it's in the play. It's in the play. It's, okay, it's, I was it's, in, say. it's in the movie, I think. Okay, I so how, it. if someone wanted to help you produce this movie, how would they get in touch with you? Um, well, they could call me, or they could get, get in touch with... Uh, Alexandra? Yeah, get Okay, in touch you with can Alexandra. find Alexandra's uh, contact information on our Facebook page, Alexandra and Friends uh, 660, or you can go to our well, website. 
Well, the interesting part about the, the screenplay was I didn't just write it on my own. I was I, I was helped by two of the original quarrymen, Rod Davis and, well, actually all of the quarrymen pitched in while they were alive. Pete Shotton even pitched in. John Lennon's best friend. He pitched in some information. I mean, if that doesn't make it legitimate to whoever Lynn, is listening, then yeah. Lynn Gary, the ba- T-chest the bass player, he pitched in some stories. Colin had his stories. Rod had his stories. It is, I mean, the more I heard about it, I was just getting goosebumps thinking, oh my gosh, this this is how it happened? Mm-hmm. This is how it went down? And um, it was just amazing. And I, I told some of the story. I was interviewed on a show called The Beatle Years that I think I, I mentioned. Um, Bob Malik, uh, who worked for K-Earth 101 yes. in, um, in Los Angeles, he had a show called The Beatle Years. And it was, you know, nationally syndicated, millions of people. So he... I called him one day and I said, um, how would you like to interview a couple of the quarrymen? Mm-hmm. He I'm went, sure. oh yeah, heck yeah. So we arranged it and he goes, I'll even give you some airtime. I'll interview you to let you tell <laughs> a little bit, you know, so I had my one minute of 15 minutes of fame, you know? All right. And uh, so we interviewed Rod and Colin and they just had some fascinating And when stories. did you put all this together into a screenplay? I st- believe it or not, to tell you how these things take time, I started putting it together in 2010. Okay. But as I started finding out more and more and more information, I read book after book. I found out things from Paul, mm-hmm. um, who on that interview that we did with the Quarryman, actually they had a segment with Paul. So I guess I can say I was interviewed with Paul McCartney and <laughs> well. if, I, if I really want to get technical. Um, but um, it, it's, it, it was a labor of love. And um, I, I spoke to John Lennon's uh, stepsister. Really? Who wrote a book. And she sent me the book and a movie came out. I think it was in 2006 called Nowhere Boy. Okay. And if you didn't know anything about the Beatles or anything about their history, you just watched it. You would think it was, wow, what a great movie. It's yeah. Really good. But I found some mistakes in it that, oh. for, that to just for me, I found some mistakes. Well, when I talked to Rod and Colin about that movie, they said, oh, my God, we hated it. Julia hated it. <laughs> it was like it was just an art film. And they even said when we found out they were doing a movie and it had the quarrymen involved, we went to them and said, hey, we're the quarrymen. We can help you. They said, nah, we got it. Mm. <laughs> wow. So, so they said they knew then. So nobody, I mean, they just had it all wrong. So I went in and as the quarrymen said, uh, they they really liked my screenplay because I was the first screenwriter to attempt to tell the truth of how it really happened. Wow. Because so- other movies that came out, they just, you know, they had too much creative license and mm-hmm. just distorted it all. sounds like there's enough natural drama in the real oh, yeah. story for in the real story they don't need exactly. to make any up it, yeah yes. there's no car chases no aliens no sex right. you know it's just all it's it, this is how it happened you want to know how the beatles became the beatles from this little skiffle band mm-hmm. here's how it happened amazing so i'd like to ask you a question have you presented this to any uh, this film or this screenplay to anybody to look at uh no not right now because i believe it or not i'm still touching it up I believe it. I'm still touching it up. And, you know, to find an agent is is it's like, wow, it's like yeah. catching smoke with a fork. I mean, it's it's, it's pretty rough. Well, if anybody's listening to this, uh, today's date is uh, June 25th, 2022. And if you are listening, then you need to contact uh, if you have the means to produce such a film or short tv series no, it's a it's a it is a screenplay it's a full-on okay, screenplay full-on full screenplay. Screenplay. screenplay and the quarrymen have read it and it it, it comes quarrymen approved wonderful we yep. are here with We're... butch perry 
and he has been our guest all evening. We're having a great time talking about JPGR, his band, uh, the Beatles tribute. And if you want to know more about them, you can go to jpgrabeatlestributeband.com. That's the full name of the band. Uh, I'm sure they just go by JPGR a lot. Um, yeah, if you're lazy. <laughs> if you're lazy, yes. <laughs> because JPGR could be anything. That's this like is true. Dino, Desi, and Billy. Or, anyway. No, it's J, the, the official name of the band is JPGR, a Beatles tribute. I think there's probably a pale lager that is called JPGR. Oh, really? <laughs> yes. I just was reading well, about we sh- that. We should have a pint. We should exactly. have a pint. Well, this has been an exciting evening. Thank you, Paula, for giving us the opportunity of being able to speak to Butch and getting a little bit... Um, I feel like I want to go back to the 60s. It was the greatest years of my life. It, it, was, it was fun. <laughs> the it Beatlemania was fun. And, and all the good stuff. So we're looking forward to listening to your band the next few days and definitely at the um, fundraiser for Judge Faith Johnson. Well, certainly uh, hope everybody uh, We're looking can forward to that. Yes, yes, yes. So we are. Lo- I am going to work very hard on your, on your screenplay because I think Salem Communications would be a great producer. It's possible. Possible. So well, I'm they willing do- to talk. We uh, we will uh, make possibilities, see if we can get somebody for that. And there's other people that we are involved with. So thank you so much for being here this evening. I hope, do you have anything to say to us about how you're going to, what you're going to do next? Uh, what's the next song that you're really going to bring up to life of the Beatles? Well, which gonna, one is your favorite song? Well, my favorite song um, is, is probably more a, a, an emotional song in my life, because as you get older, the song just takes on more meaning. But, of course, I've always loved All My Loving, you know. Well, we're going to put a night, link on that help, to our website. Know, I mean, as far as just, just listening and loving it. But when In My Life comes well, on, it's kind of like um, it, it, it's, um, it's a thoughtful song. You know, well, and that's you, what we're and about. And you start remembering uh, the, the people things. that you have lost in your life well, and the people that are still there, are still around. To thank you again, Butch. We're looking forward to seeing you very soon. Michael, thank you for jumping in and being my co-host You're this evening. And we're looking forward to the next Saturday night. In the meantime, go to Alexander and Friends 660 The Answer. And we're looking forward to talking to you next Saturday night. Have a good evening. Hey, soy Jose Guillén, dueño de All House Barbecue. Y patrocinamos el show de Alejandra y Friends. Nuestros dos lugares están en Carrollton y Luzbio. Nuestra página web es allhousebarbecue.com. Vengan a vernos. You've been listening to Alexandra and Friends, the podcast. Reach out to us on Facebook at Alexandra and Friends or write us an email, alexandraandfriends660 at gmail.com. Be sure to mark us as one of your favorite podcasts so you never miss an episode.